0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Sports News for Tuesday, July twelfth, two 2022. Your reader today is Bill Sally. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for those who are blind or who have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Today's first article is entitled, D.J. Wagner would be a recruiting coup for Calipari. This is commentary from John Clay of the Lexington Herald-Leader. Something happened last Friday night. We're not sure what. We're not sure why. We're only sure that the college basketball recruiting gurus that track these sorts of things change their minds about who might win one of the most fascinating prospect tug-of-wars this Commonwealth has witnessed. Those in the know had been predicting that DJ Wagner would play his college ball at the University of Louisville. Now, those in the know are predicting that DJ Wagner will play his college ball at the University of Kentucky. I have now pulled back my crystal ball on DJ Wagner to Louisville as the race with Kentucky has become too cloudy, tweeted Travis Branham, National Basketball Analyst for 24-7 Sports. Jamie Shaw, National Analyst for On3, changed his prediction from Louisville to Kentucky, adding he was 95% sure that Wagner would commit to the Cats, possibly at the Nike Peach Jam, set for July 17th through 24th in North Augusta, South Carolina. You know Wagner, the six-foot-five guard from Camden, New Jersey, with incomparable bloodlines. He's ranked as the number one prospect in the class of 2023. He also has a lengthy list of ties to both UK and U L thus setting up a titanic recruiting battle between the heated in-state rivals and coaching friends. Thinking was, new Louisville coach Kenny Payne, a former assistant to John Calipari at Kentucky, enjoyed the upper hand for Wagner's services after hiring his grandfather, Milt, for an off-the-court role on the Cardinal staff. After all, Kenny Payne and Milt Wagner played together on UofL's 1986 National Championship under Denny Crum. Others contended Calipari enjoyed the upper hand thanks to the fact that Coach Cal coached Wagner's father, Dewan at Memphis, and currently coached Wagner's stepbrother, Kareem Watkins, as a walk-on. After all, Dewan Wagner was the first in what is now a long line of Calipari's one-and-done stars. According to all-knowing, all-seeing social media, the stakes for the two schools went something like this. Louisville fans should panic if Payne, in his first head-to-head with his former mentor, couldn't reel in Wagner, despite all his family connections. Kentucky fans should panic if Calipari, coming off a nine win, 16 loss record in 2021, and a first round NCAA tournament loss to a number 15 seed, couldn't reel in Wagner, despite all his family connections. Louisville was supposedly being helped by commit Caleb Glenn, who was trying to convince Wagner teammate and heralded seven-foot recruit Aaron Bradshaw that the trio should be a package deal for the Cardinals. Kentucky was supposedly getting help from Bradshaw, who was trying to convince Wagner that the duo should join highly rated point guard Robert Dillingham with the Wildcats. Here's the thing. Recruiting successes and failures are temporary fare in college hoops. The winner of the Wagner Derby isn't guaranteed long-term success. The sweepstakes loser has plenty of resources and time for a rebound. Such is life in the one-and-done era. No matter the outcome, Kentucky or Louisville will be a temporary stop on Wagner's certain trip to the NBA. And the past few NCAA tournament champions have been built on the shoulders of experienced players who spent multiple years with their programs. With all that being said, coaxing a commit from Wagner would be a major coup in Calipari's efforts to replicate the otherworldly recruiting efforts of his first six standout years on the U.K. job. From 2010 through 2015, Calipari had nine players chosen among the first 10 in the NBA draft. Since 2016, he's had three. Sorry, Enos Kanter, Freedom, and Shaden Sharp don't count. UK's NCAA tournament record from 2010 through 2015, 22 wins, 4 losses. UK's NCAA tournament record from 2016 through 2022, 9 wins, 5 losses. While an obvious blow, losing Wagner won't sink Payne's program. Calipari has been recruiting DJ Wagner for years. He has a history of helping players, especially guards, to long NBA careers. While I'm bullish on what Payne will do in Louisville, he's a first-year head coach. Is all that what switched the Wagner momentum from the Cards to the Cats? The UK camp will contend Calipari was the leader to land the top prize all along. If so, the gurus say he's about to get his man. The next article is entitled, Barbasol Championship Produces First-Time PGA Tour Winner. This article is written by Cameron Drummond of the Lexington Herald-Leader. Trey Mullinax stood on the edge of what his life was before and what it is now. He's now a PGA Tour champion, a distinction held by precious few. He will be a participant in the Open Championship for the first time, and he'll soon fly to Scotland to take part in the events 150th edition at historic St. Andrews later this week. He also now owns a big check, both in monetary amount and stature. $666,000 is now his for four days' work in central Kentucky. This was all realized over the course of a few minutes Sunday across 14 feet and 11 inches of grass on the 18th green at the Champions at Keen Trace Golf Course in Nicholasville. The 2022 edition of the Barbasol Championship, marred by rain and delays on Friday and Saturday, concluded in glorious sunshine Sunday evening with Mullinax birdieing the 18th hole to secure his first PGA Tour victory. His winning score of 263 263 strokes, 25 under par overall, was one better than Kevin Streelman, 24 under, a two-time PGA Tour winner. Strillman missed about an 11-foot putt that would have matched Mullinax's birdie and sent the Barbasol championship to a playoff for the second straight year. But no playoff occurred, and instead Mullinax's celebratory fist pump, which began right as his birdie putt dropped into the cup, stood the test of time. Mullinax shot a 66, six under par, in Sunday's final round, which came after he and all the others in the Barbasol field had to finish their third rounds on Sunday morning. The marathon day of golf in Nicholasville culminated with a showdown between Mullinax and Streelman, who shot 67, five under, over his final 18 holes. The back and forth battle came while they were playing in the same group, along with Portugal's Ricardo Gueva. The group maintained a sizable crowd throughout the final round. Because of the weather delays, this year's Barbasol championship used the same pairings for both the third and fourth rounds, the first time that has happened on the PGA Tour since 2019. The Mullanax Strelman battle reached a crescendo over the final three holes. On the par 3 16th, Streelman sent his tee shot left of the green into a bunker and went on to bogey the hole, briefly giving Mullinax the lead. Mullinax made par on the hole. On the par 4 17th, Streelman made birdie and brought the top of the leaderboard level again. Mullinax made par on the hole. Then came the 18th, and the putt that changed everything for Mullinax. There's also a local angle to the 2022 Barbasol Championship. Mullinax's caddy, Julian Trudeau, lives near Keen Trace with his wife, former University of Kentucky star and LPGA tour player Mallory Blackwilder, and family. It's been pretty cool to have all of them out cheering me on, too, Mullinax said. It was like a little army out there. Next. Mullinax finally achieves PGA Tour success. Sunday's victory for Mullinax came in his 106th start on the PGA Tour and shortly after his 30th birthday. It has been a road filled with challenges, some of them of the freak variety. In May 2019, Mullinax was hit in the head by a golf ball during a pro-am in Texas ahead of a PGA Tour event. Mullinax suffered a concussion and was later found to have convergence insufficiency and his golf career was briefly derailed. I went through a pretty dark period. You go from having PGA Tour status to getting injured and not playing great to nothing, Molinax said. Then COVID hit, and you've got nothing for even longer. Now, Molinax's golf career is back on track. Ke- next, Kentuckians in the 2022 Barbasol Championship. Six golfers with Kentucky ties took part in the 2022 Barbasol Championship. Andrew Stevens, Matt Harris making his PGA Tour debut, and Jared Wolfe all missed the cut. Stephen Stallings Jr. finished in a tie for 78th at 300 par for the tournament. I have a lot of good memories and bad memories of this course. It's like I'm almost better off not playing as many times because you have a lot of scars, said Stallings, a St. Xavier High School and University of Kentucky alumnus but there are many good shots that you hit too. It was awesome being back. Josh Teeter, always a fan favorite, finished in a tie for 63rd at seven under par for the tournament. I think you can look at it two ways. You can be upset with it, which I am in a way, and go forward that way, or you can draw from the positives, said Teeter, a Moorhead State alum. I think that might be the case all the time. I think all of us golfers put a little too much pressure on ourselves. Matty Schmid was in contention throughout the weekend and led the tournament by two shots after all golfers finished their third rounds on Sunday morning. But the German, who played college golf at Louisville, played poorly in the final round and shot 77, 5 over par, to finish in a tie for 8th at 17 under par for the tournament. The next article is entitled, Former UK Standout Howard Productive in WNBA All-Star Debut. This comes from a Herald-Leader staff report. Sunday's WNBA All-Star Game in Chicago served as a send-off for soon-to-retire superstars Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles, but it also opened the door for new legends to emerge. Former University of Kentucky star Ryan Howard, this year's number one pick in the WNBA draft and the early favorite for Rookie of the Year, showcased her skills for the first time in a professional All-Star setting to impressive results. Playing for the team captained by Asia Wilson, Howard contributed 13 points, five rebounds, four assists, and one steal in 15 minutes, 17 seconds of action. Team Wilson defeated the squad captained by Brianna Stewart, 134 to 112. Selected as an all-star reserve, Howard made five of nine shots from the field and three of her seven three-point attempts. Howard is leading her team, the Atlanta Dream, in scoring. 15.1 points per game, and minutes played, 30.8 per game this season. She is also averaging 4.5 rebounds and 2.6 assists while shooting 33.8% from three-point range in 22 games. The Dream entered the All-Star break with a 10-win, 12-loss record, good for sixth place in the 12-team WNBA. Howard finished third in the WNBA's three-point shooting contest on Saturday. Chicago's Ally Quigley won the contest for the fourth time. Washington's Ariel Atkins finished second in the six-player event. The next article is entitled, Moustakas Reaches 200 Homers as Reds Finish Sweep of Rays. This comes from the Associated Press. Mike Moustakas, Tyler Stevenson, and Jonathan India each hit a two-run homer in the third inning and the Cincinnati Reds beat the Tampa Bay Rays 10-5 on Sunday for a three-game sweep. Moustakas connected for his 200th career homer as the Reds posted their first four-game winning streak since May 25th through 28th. It was his first home run since May 13th and fourth of the season. To have 200 home runs in the big leagues is pretty special, the three-time All-Star said. It took longer than I thought to get there. Having done it is a pretty amazing feeling. You want to get it out of the way to keep going. I started struggling pretty bad for a minute, but I've been feeling pretty good the last few games. The sweep allowed the Reds to finish their homestand with a six-win, five-loss record. It's important, manager David Bell said. We played some pretty good teams. This whole homestand was important. We had a winning record. More importantly, it's the way we went about it. Our team has gotten healthier and gotten better. We have a long way to go. A lot of good things happened. It was an exciting day with Moose getting to 200 home runs. The Reds opened the series with back-to-back 10-inning wins, including Friday night's game that ended on a balk. Cincinnati broke away early in the wrap-up, scoring seven times in the third off rookie Shane Byes. One win, two losses. I felt fine, Byes said. I just made some bad pitches. I fell behind and too many pitches caught the heart of the plate. That's what happens. I had a lot of chances to get outs. I did a bad job of damage control. Rookie left-hander Nick Lodolo, two wins, two losses, was the beneficiary of the homer barrage. In his second start since coming off the injured list and his fifth overall, Cincinnati's top 2019 draft pick allowed nine hits and three runs in five innings, striking out six. Randy Arozena, Josh Lowe, and Rene Pinto homered for the Rays. Tyler Naquin added a two-run double for the Reds. The Reds rocked Boz for eight hits and seven runs in two and one-third innings. The right-hander had allowed a combined three runs in 22 and a third innings over his previous four starts. They made good adjustments, Rays manager Kevin Cash said. It wasn't strike-throwing. They got pitches to hit. They did a great amount of damage in a short amount of time. Give them credit. They did a good job barreling up some balls. After going five wins, six losses on the road, Tampa Bay heads home for a seven-game homestand starting on Monday, with the first of four against Boston. We've got a good group of guys, Boz said. I think we'll bounce back, especially getting home. We've got to flush it quick, Cash said. Next, gotcha. Right fielder Naquin bobbled Taylor Wall's base hit, prompting Walls to ponder trying for second. But Naquin threw Walls out as he scrambled back to first to end the third inning. Next, Game Stats. Subscribers can find up-to-date standings and statistics from the previous day's games in our E-Edition by using the section list to jump to Extra Stats in our app or online at Kentucky.com slash E-Edition. The next article is entitled, Reds Castillo Selected for Second All-Star Game. This article is written by Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Enquirer. When Cincinnati Reds starting pitcher Luis Castillo was named to the All-Star team in 2019, it was one of the first times he had accomplished one of his big goals for his MLB career. At the time, Castillo was only in his second full season in Major League Baseball. Since he earned that recognition in 2019, Castillo has become the Reds' ace, pitched in the playoffs, and grown into a different role as the longest tenured Reds pitcher. On Sunday, Castillo learned that he was heading to the 2022 All-Star Game. Now a six-year veteran, the honor carried a different type of meaning. I'm glad that I've been a part of this team for a long time, thanks to this sir right here, Castillo said via interpreter Jorge Merlos. Castillo acknowledged Reds owner Bob Castellini, who was sitting in the interview room. I think the fact that we've been battling to get back here and to be with this team as much as possible, that's what matters. Castillo, the Reds' lone all-star who was announced on Sunday, was recognized through the player vote across MLB. After missing the first month of the season with a shoulder injury, he has a 2.92 earned run average. In Major League Baseball this year, there are only nine pitchers with 12 starts, an ERA at 2.92 or better, and at least 9.3 strikeouts per nine innings. Castillo is one of them. But he said he was still surprised to see that he made the team for the All-Star Game on July 19th in Los Angeles. I don't even believe it yet, Castillo said. I'm trying to take it all in right now. I know there are several other players having a fantastic year as well. It's an honor for me to get back to the All-Star Game. On Sunday, Reds manager David Bell called a team meeting to tell the group who would be heading to the All-Star Game. At the start, Bell said it was a pitcher, a great teammate, and someone who was quote loved around the clubhouse. Then, for the second time in four years, Bell told Castillo he was heading to the All-Star Game. What stands out is how Luis has taken his pitching to a whole new level, Bell said. A new level of focus. A new level of being great. He is one of, if not the, best pitcher in all of baseball. On January 19, 2017, the Reds traded veteran starting pitcher Dan Straley to the Miami Marlins for an unheralded prospect in Castillo, who had already been traded twice in his career. Castillo was known for his changeup, but his fastball was inconsistent and his slider wasn't a factor like it is now. Castillo has become one of the Reds' best development stories, evolving into an ace and a cornerstone of the Reds' playoff team in 2020. He has started two opening day games and gave the Reds some of their most important starts of the season when they were fighting for a playoff spot in 2021. The Reds are now building around a new generation of pitching prospects, including Nicola Dolo, Hunter Green, and Graham Ashcraft. The goal is for those pitchers to have careers that look like Castillo's. He's done it for a long time, Bell said. He's been around the league. The league knows what they're going up every time against every time they face him. For us as an organization, as a team, as a clubhouse, we've known for a while. We know he's one of the best pitchers in the game, if not the best. He's an even better person, a better teammate. After his last few starts, Castillo has acknowledged the unique challenge of this season. He's under contract through 2023, and the Reds still appear to be several pieces away from building a contender. MLB scouts are preparing for Castillo to be available at the trade deadline, and the 29-year-old understands his position as one of the best players who could be on the trade market. I see the rumors every day, the teams that are interested in me, Castillo said in June. I put that out of my mind. I'm still trying to go out there and give it my best. I have all the confidence in God that he's going to give me the opportunity to play wherever we need to be. If it's here, it's here. I know that I can contribute in any way I can on whatever team I'm on. Castillo's status as an All-Star shouldn't have an impact on his availability at the deadline. Since former Reds ace Johnny Cueto was traded in 2015, MLB moved back the draft to the week of the All-Star game. With front offices focusing on the MLB draft for the next two weeks, trade conversations aren't expected to pick back up until the draft is completed. Last July, there wasn't a single notable trade before the draft. After pitching through a tough season, Castillo said it's been, quote, emotional to be recognized as one of the best pitchers in MLB. It feels like you've achieved something greater, Castillo said. Every player wants to become an all-star. For the battles we've gone through this year, it's been very emotional. I'm happy to be a part of it. The next article is entitled Tackle Keenum disses U of L as he picks UK. This is written by Brooks Holton of the Louisville Courier Journal. Kobe Keenum placed his hand on the Louisville hat sitting in front of him at Mars Hill Bible School in Florence, Alabama, but it didn't stay there long. Instead, the six foot four, three hundred pound offensive lineman snatched an adjacent Kentucky hat, put it on his head and unzipped his jacket to reveal a matching black UK shirt. Welcome to the rivalry, kid. Keenum, the number three center in the class of 2023 per Rivals.com, gave the Wildcats a much needed victory over the Cardinals on the recruiting trail with his commitment Saturday. The rising senior is the 10th prospect, third offensive lineman and third Alabama native to commit to UK's 2023 class. Keenum created some buzz among Kentucky and Louisville fans on social media when he rescheduled his official visit to UK to check out U of L the weekend of June 17th. That's when the Cardinals rolled out the red carpet for more than a dozen high profile prospects, including quarterback commit Pierce Clarkson and the number one running back recruit in the country, Reuben Owens, who committed to Scott Satterfield and company days later. This Kentucky-Louisville rivalry, Keenum wrote in a tweet, throwing in a crying with laughing emoji, after clarifying that he still intended to visit Lexington. Now he plans to call the city home for college, playing under head coach Mark Stoops and offensive line coach Zach Yenzer. Let's go, Yenzer tweeted after Keenum made his pledge. Hashtag Big Blue Wall. Just got bigger and better. The tradition continues. Keenham's commitment is another step in the right direction for Kentucky's recruiting efforts. After losing out on one of the top 2023 in-state prospects, Christian Conyard, a Southeastern Conference rival Tennessee, during Fourth of July weekend, the Wildcats bounced back on Wednesday by landing Avery Stewart, a four-star defensive back from Montgomery, Alabama, over the likes of Auburn and Florida State. Vince Merrow, Kentucky's tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator, tweeted that there's, quote, more to come very soon. After Keenum's commitment Saturday, he and Stoops still have some work to do if they want to catch Satterfield and the Cardinals on the national recruiting rankings. The Wildcats are ranked 49th on 24/7 Sports' leaderboard, and U of L is ranked number 24. Louisville is primed to make another big addition to its 2023 class on Monday evening when six-foot-four, 305-pound offensive lineman Madden Sanker announces his college decision. The number four interior lineman on 24-7 sports composite rankings, Sanker visited Louisville with Keenum in mid-June, and multiple national recruiting pundits at 24-7 sports and on three are predicting him to choose the Cardinals. In addition to Kentucky and Louisville, Keenum's final contenders were Mississippi State, North Carolina, and Ole Miss. The lineman had reported scholarship offers from more than three dozen schools. The next article is entitled, On the Rise. UofL's rushing evolves into possible first-round pick. This article is written by Alexis Cubit of the Louisville Courier-Journal. Shortly after Louisville baseball's season ended, head coach Dan McDonnell met with catcher Dalton Rushing. McDonald was overcome with pride and congratulated the junior on how far he's come in his three years with the Cardinals. The Dalton Rushing that came to Louisville from Bridgeton, Tennessee three years ago pales in comparison to the one who was too home-run shy of breaking Chris Dominguez's single-season record of 25 homers this spring. Rushing's evolution has been years in the making and took form as one of the driving forces behind Louisville's Super Regionals' postseason appearance. As a coach, you feel like a proud papa, McDonald said, because you tell these kids, we can't sprinkle magic dust over your head and make you great, but this is a program where if you want to be great, it can happen. It's all been part of Rushing's plan. He made a goal to change his body structure, and he did. This year, he made a goal to help Louisville get back on track after an uncharacteristic absence from the NCAA tournament in 2021, which he checked off too. He's got one more goal to achieve to cement his Cardinals career. Pro player. Rushing expects to hear his name called Sunday in the 2022 Major League Baseball draft. MLB draft senior writer Jim Callis has projected the junior to go in the supplemental first round or second round. If you told me that he snuck into the first round like, say, picks 21 through 30, as this offensive-minded catcher who has power, controls the strike zone and all that, I could see that, Callis said. I think he's going to go pretty good in the draft. In the time since the Cardinals season ended almost a month ago, rushing's focus has been on preparing for the draft and staying in shape. A 6 a.m. wake-up call is followed by weightlifting an hour later, then helping at McDonald's baseball camps. Not only does it give him an opportunity to be around baseball, but it keeps him humble, in some ways, knowing that the next generation of baseball players are watching. These kids come here. They look up to you, Rushing said. They really, really take pride in everything that you do. Even something as small as saying something to the kids, a wiffle ball game in the middle of camp. It's something you really appreciate at this level as a player. You realize how much of a role model you are, not only like some kids around the area, but guys all around. Rushing said he's spoken with just about every club and isn't concerned about which one picks him up. As long as he makes the pros, he'll be content. There's nothing for sure that you can lock your mind on with the draft. It's whatever is going to fit you best, and you'll go where you go, Rushing added. That's the best mindset to have with it. You can't really anticipate a certain team. That organization, if they want you, they're going to offer you the opportunity. And that's where you hit the ground running. This wraps it up for the sports news for Tuesday, July twelfth, two 2022. Your reader today has been Bill Salee. Thank you so much for joining us. And now, please stay tuned for short stories right here on